1: What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez. On all the social media, we are here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City. April Fool's Day. It's springtime. And this Asian woman just got the smack beat out of her by a guy that turns out is on parole for murdering his own mother. Dude killed his own mother. Now, I find this remarkable because how do you even get parole for killing your own mom? Now, maybe I'm overreacting. That is a possibility. And I mean, you know, this woman, the comfort that she gets from the NYPD is, at least from the commissioner, from the NYPD, she's got the the guys in custody. From the commissioner, she gets that Asians aren't going to be, they're not alone in this. But I've got to tell you, I look at this and I think, man... Not only do we have a serious case of moral decay in America, but this policy where we allow the prisons to be emptied so that people can live on a subway, so that people can live in New York City on the streets and do as they please with whomever they please to do it with is out of control. Now, you've heard this before. This is nothing new. We've talked about this on the show plenty of times, but I think it's getting worse. And the reason I think it's getting worse is because now we're finding that these repeat offenders aren't being locked up. Now, I mean, just some of the details on this. New York Post, right? The man busted for the uh, hate field attack on an Asian woman in midtown Manhattan was out on parole for killing his own mother back in 2002. Brandon Elliott, 38, lives in a nearby hotel that serves as a homeless shelter. Now, we talked about that on this very show, that these replacing the hotel's Destroying industry here in New York City And allowing for homeless people to take over This is what you get Institutionalized systemic violence on the public He was caught on video Mercilessly punching and kicking A 65 year old victim In front of an apartment building Not far from here West 43rd Street Around 1140 AM So just before noon Yelling F you You don't belong here In April 2002 Elliot was charged with murdering his own mother with a kitchen knife. The deadly attack took place in front of Mr. Elliot's five-year-old sister. So you gotta stop and look at things, and you gotta say, you know what? Some dude goes and kills a guy that raped his daughter. Okay, fine, he goes to jail for, for murder, but it's crime of passion, revenge, this, that, whatever. Not saying it's necessarily right, although it may be, but I am saying that it's totally wrong when somebody kills their mother. Now, we don't know the circumstances. Maybe the mother was abusing him, But it doesn't seem that way because he was 20-something years old and did 20 years or 15 years in jail, and now he's in his 40s. He's my age. So I'm not buying it. I think, you know, we look at people that get 25 to life all the time for killing people. This guy kills his mother in front of a child, nonetheless, and gets 15. And he's out on parole for what? Good behavior so he can go beat people up in the street? It's absolutely insane a spokesperson for the Bronx District Attorney's Office said Elliot pled guilty to second-degree murder in March of 2002. And that's all they had. So now he goes and he beats somebody up in broad daylight. Now, NYPD Commissioner Dermot Shea, he tweets the news of the arrest saying, great work by our NYPD detectives, identifying and apprehending the assailant all within 48 hours, he writes in the tweet. But I think, Dermot Shea, his words of comfort for this woman who was, the snot was beat out of her. And all he could say was, oh, you're not alone. She was alone when she was getting the crap beat out of her. Nobody stepped in. Nobody did a damn thing to help her. Not not a single person. Not the FedEx guy. Not the two security guards or at least one security guard that's in the video. This is a real problem of moral decay. People don't care. Everything is, that's not my business. That's not my problem. You find out something bad's going to happen to so-and-so and you're like, oh, well, he's going to have to find out the hard way. I'm not going to soften the blow. Nobody wants to help anybody. It's like we live on this planet alone but together. That's not how we were created. That's not how we've always lived. We've always lived in neighborhoods where we can help one another out. That is the human way. But that seems to have changed. And I'm sure politics plays a big role in that because we've talked about that before. But I want you to hear what Commissioner Shea had to say.
2: The beauties I think of of New York City is, um, and it's the message that we just heard up here. The message to the Asian community at this time is you are not alone. You may not see everyone standing with you, but New Yorkers are standing with you. They don't all look like you. The color of their skin may be different. The churches that you worship may be different, but you are not alone, and we are standing together to denounce this. So that goes across New York City.
1: That's a crock. I I, I honestly, I don't believe a word this guy says. I think his words are so empty and they're meaningless. This is just uh, unacceptable. But this guy lives in the Sheridan. Four points, Sheridan, on 40th Street. I used to pass this hotel all the time. And now they say he was a diagnosed paranoid schizophrenic. Okay. So we're going to blame it on him being crazy. All right. Well, guess what? Crazy people should be in mental hospitals. They should be under care. They shouldn't be, and I'm not saying every crazy person, obviously. There are people, if you're under control, you're under control. But something like that, come on. I mean, really, these unprovoked attacks uh, on, on women that are by themselves, absolutely uncalled for, absolutely unacceptable. I mean, I I can't believe that we're even having this conversation, but we are. So now you've got people saying all sorts of things. Everybody wants to blame the mayor. Everybody wants to blame the next guy. I I say we've got to start looking in the mirror and blaming each other. We've got to be able to look around and say, okay, hold on a second. When you see a lady on the floor getting beat up by a dude, how hard is it for you to go, hey, dude, cut it out so he can come after you, and then you can run or do whatever it is you want to do. Fight him. Hit him with a brick. Do whatever you got to do. But at least... uh, distract them, get the attention away from this guy beating the crap. I think her pelvis was broken. I mean, these these are injuries you may not even recover from. The whole thing is insane to me. I mean, people need to really understand what's going on in life. And and this whole idea of turning a blind eye because it's not my business is not something that we should accept. Uh, It's not something we should expect in our day-to-day lives. It's just not something that should happen. I always say if you fall for... If you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. And it looks like right now we're falling for a lot of depravity. And that's not a good look. Keep it locked right there. We're just getting started. We're going to get into what AOC had to say. Plus, Dr. Jill Biden. She had some crazy things to say and some crazy news coming out from the border. Don't move a muscle. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America.
2: This is America. Para Inglés, o el número dos. Para Rich Valdez... Y esto es America Ahora
1: Alright America Welcome back I am Rich Valdez At Rich Valdez With an S On all social media I want to thank you guys again Uh, We just had our biggest month Of downloads Ever on this podcast I have nobody to thank But you guys The listeners Thank you so much I'm getting a lot of uh, feedback From uh, uh, RichValdez.com The RichValdez.com Website Where you can go To the Contact Us uh, feature and pop in a message and drop an email. And uh, I get to them a little bit later, but I will get back to everybody. And I may not be able to get back to everybody, but I do read them all. So please keep that coming. And we did get some feedback on the merchandise. And I, <laughs> there's a few funny t-shirts and mugs, I think, that people are interested in seeing and go out there. So we're going to have those available eventually, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. And I want you also to... Um, Continue leaving those reviews—they're very helpful—and letting us know, you know, the topics you'd like us to cover. At Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez on Twitter's Parlor, YouTube Rumble, all of that stuff. Now, AOC, all out crazy, my evil ne- nemesis from the Bronx and Queens. She's uh, sometimes she's my favorite Congressperson, sometimes she's my least favorite Congressperson, and you know, uh, I have that. Um, history where I tried to introduce myself to AOC once and she ran across the street it was at the Puerto Rican parade of 2019 and uh, New York Post saw the whole thing they got it on video they, they captured fo- photos of it it was in the newspaper really really funny thing and uh, it actually got so much press that it really surprised me but she never agreed to come on the show she never agreed to meet with me uh, in fact she just really just literally ran away she said she was running to greet supporters okay I'll give her the benefit of the doubt but Afterwards, her campaign people said some nasty things to me, the F-bomb included. And then they got in trouble again in the newspapers, the Washington Times and all that. So anyway, I love to um, call her to the carpet. And the reason I do is because I think she's always so duplicitous um, in the things that she says. Everything seems to be racist. Everything is against the climate. And everything, of course, is now we don't say racist anymore. We don't use that word because it's lost its meaning. So we say white supremacist, right? So she did an Instagram live and um, I've got a little bit of audio on this that I want you to hear. She says that the border crisis is a surge. I think she meant that it's not a surge and that we shouldn't treat them uh, as if it was an insurgency and she got the words confused, but it was funny nonetheless. Check this out.
3: They want to say, what about the surge? Well, first of all, just gut check, stop. Anyone who's using the term surge around you consciously is trying to invoke a militaristic frame. And that's a problem because these. this is not a surge. These are children and they are not insurgents and we are not being invaded, which by the way is a white supremacist idea Philosophy, The idea that if an other is coming in the population, that this is like an invasion of who we are.
1: No, ma'am. It's literally when you're climbing a fence or climbing a fence and dropping small children to the floor. Go to my Twitter right now, at Rich Valdez on Twitter, at Rich Valdez with an S. You'll see night vision footage I have on there that I tweeted out probably five, six hours ago. The coyote guy comes. He brings the kids to the top of the fence He helps them over, and then pushes them, and they fall to the floor. You could see the one kid is unconscious when he hits the floor. Kid doesn't move for about 45, 50 seconds, maybe a minute. Then he throws the next kid. That's when the other kid finally moves, because he's like, oh my god, that other kid that's flying down this 25-foot fence is gonna hit me, so I better get out of the way. That's how they're getting these kids across. Now, and I'm gonna get to this in in the next segment about this baby, the remains of a baby that was found. And I mean, this is horrific. But for AOC to say that this is not an invasion Listen, it may not be an army that's banging down our southern border wall But make no mistake The country's being invaded by illegal immigrants Illegal immigration is invading America That's the truth Are they an enemy? No, they're not the situation is an enemy, and if there's anybody to blame, it's Joe Biden who said they should come here, who said they should, they should, I think he used the word surge. He said there should be a surge at the border. I think those are Biden's words. You know what, I wish I would have had that handy, that audio, would have played it. But I do believe those were the words that Biden said. We need a surge at the border. That's what he said. Anyway, point is, AOC says that this is a white supremacist tactic, and we're trying to be militaristic. Has she ever seen what border patrol looks like? This is about national security. Yes, they're children. I get it. We're not looking to shoot them on sight and tell them, hey, if you're five years old and you're coming across the border with a bottle of water and your three-year-old little sibling, we're going to kill you. Of course not. That would be inhumane. But more inhumane is to allow the problem to continue. More inhumane is to say, you know what? We're going to hold Mexico accountable because Mexico is allowing El Salvador and cartels and whomever it is to push these kids in here. But I think we found the clip of the Biden saying that there's a surge and they should come. Check this out.
2: I would, in fact, make sure that there is. We immediately surge to the border. We could afford to take in a heartbeat another two million people.
1: Two million people surge the border. That's the president of the United States. Not because I voted for him, but because he is. That's what it is. I'm sorry. I know you're hating that right now that I I said that. But guess what? He sits in the White House. It's not Hollywood. It's not a set. It's not fake. Trump's not in office and Trump's not coming back into office unless he wins an, an election in the next term. And I know people are upset with that, but that is the truth. So Biden, who is literally the recognized president, by hook or by crook, he's there. He says, we need a surge at the border. Now they're surging the border. Now she's saying Biden's a white supremacist. I would love it if she was saying that, but I don't think that's the case. But AOC goes on, and she says it's not a border crisis. It's imperialism. It's a climate crisis. And, and this is um, really the most disturbing, because I think part of her really believes this. It's not just political rhetoric.
3: So let's talk about this, because so much of our national conversation, which is not a conversation, uh, about immigration is driven by people who could not care less about immigrants. Often people wanna say, why aren't you talking about the border crisis? Or why aren't you talking about it in this way? Well, we're talking about it. They just don't like how we're talking about it because it's not a border crisis. It's an imperialism crisis. It's a climate crisis. It's a trade crisis. And also it's a carceral crisis because As I have already said, even during this term and this president, our immigration system is based and designed on our carceral system. Those are some of the problems. What about the solution? Well, number one, our solutions need to be rooted in foreign policy because our interventionist history in foreign policy and history over decades of destabilizing regions drive people
1: Now, she's saying like the Northern Triangle, this area in El Salvador and Central America, South America, Latin America, if you will, that we've destabilized those regions and others. And there is truth to that. We have destabilized and stabilized regions all over the world as part of foreign policy. We cannot sit here and go backward in time and say, oh, because, you know, Jimmy Carter was horrible on foreign policy or because Barack Obama had a terrible deal with Iran uh, or because of whatever hypothetical you want to make and sit here and blame everything that's happening today on the fact that nobody's taking responsibility for what's happening right now. You see, if I if I get in trouble for something at work or if I get in trouble for something with the law, I can't just sit here and go, well, you got to understand. You see, this is a carceral thing. Not only that, but this is an imperialism thing. I mean, my ancestors... They're gonna laugh me out of the city, or laugh me into a jail cell. Right? I can't. I can't just justify my misdeeds and my poor behavior because of of something that may have happened a million years ago when it's happening today. That guy who beat the Asian woman out of her uh, out of her consciousness, he can't sit here and say that he did that because because somehow somebody mistreated him at one point. I mean, he can, but what validity does it have? None. Zero. Zilch. Nada. Order be that they Eso no importa. That does not matter. See, this is where we have to focus on individual responsibility. I am responsible for me. For me. I can't be responsible for everybody. Now, if the foreign policy or domestic policy of the United States has caused something or another to happen, that's what that is. And we leave it to them to deal with that. But we can't sit here and put a band-aid on every problem that's been caused around the world and blame it all on the United States, even if we had a hand in it. I mean, this is, am I making sense? Or Are we supposed to live looking, driving our car forward while looking in the rear view mirror? I can guarantee you, you're gonna crash. You have to keep your eyes on the road. You have to move forward. AOC is so backwards in her thinking, thinking that she's got to fix the global problems through foreign policy. She's going to fix every single problem that exists in America uh, through fixing the problems that exist in the world, by fixing the climate change, by fixing a trade. Now, listen, I think we do have trade problems. There are lots of trade issues, and they should. And you know who was great on that? Trump. Trump was terrific on trade. Even Bush was good on trade. Trade is a good thing. We need more of it. We don't need it so much with China because they're our enemy. We don't need it with people that are going to do business with some of our enemies because then by doing this trade, we're emboldening our enemies. This is part of the problem we have. This is why Trump went and said, wow, hold on. So we we put all this money into NATO to protect Eastern Europe. But all of a sudden, we're not going to have these people in there uh, because they're representing our enemies. They're cutting deals with our enemies, but yet we're putting the bulk of the money in to protect them. Makes no sense. And I think that whole North Atlantic Treaty Organization deal, the NATO deal, uh, he called it into question. And he fixed it and he made sense. First president in a generation to make sense on that issue. But digressing, I want to finish up with AOC. This last cut here, she claims that it's, united states policy it's she's blaming americans for floods and wildfires and droughts in asia and latin america saying that it was us that
0: caused this one we're probably the best
1: actors on
0: find your next truck at woodhouse buick gmc no matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling there's a premium and capable gmc truck that's perfect for you make a statement on the job site out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade.
1: The environment that are out there, Asia, India, these people are the biggest polluters and they don't give a damn. China, they don't give a damn, but listen to this.
3: Secondly, let's talk about the climate crisis because the U.S. has disproportionately contributed to the total amount of emissions that is causing a planetary climate crisis right now. And but who is bearing the brunt of that? Disproportionately, it's actually not us. We help create the problem, but disproportionately, it's the global South, it's South Asia, it's Latin America that are going to be experiencing the floods, wildfires, and droughts in a disparate way, which ding 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 has already started a migration crisis. people don't want to have that conversation (laughs) then we have the issues of trade which economically contribute uh can have contributions to uh some of these conditions that add fuel to the fire but people don't want to have that conversation
1: yeah i don't want to have it either because a i just addressed it and B, when you try to conflate, and that's what's happening here. She's conflating. She's saying, this problem exists and this problem exists. And they exist because of some correlation between the two. Now, even if there's a minimalistic correlation coefficient, right? So that's where the two circles meet and there's that gray area in between. Even if that does exist, this still goes back to the example I made that I saw the uh, young lady on the uh, Blaze TV, Lauren Chen, making the example that if you have drownings that are up, and ice cream consumption that are up, it doesn't mean that the drownings are related to the ice cream consumption, even though they both happen between this month and that month. The, the only correlation coefficient that they have is this third factor, which is that these things are only happening in the summer, and they don't have anything to do with one another per se. And she's conflating absolutely everything to try to make a case that, in my opinion, does not exist. But she's got a big enough audience where she can fool enough of the people some of the time and that is the problem that we face today now there's a lot of other problems we face i want to talk about those i want to talk about trump making a comeback doing a rally and his interview with lara trump getting banned a little bit on that plus what happened in texas at the border keep it locked right there i am rich valdez this is america this is america
2: He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All
1: right, everybody, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, bienvenido. I appreciate you coming back to the program. Let me let me just let you know that if you think for a second that when you share this program with a friend and go, yo, check this out, this guy, you know, Latino, Brooklyn guy, New York guy, moved out to Jersey, he's in New York, he does this podcast. And, and you share it, and you think that it's only affecting one or two people. More and more people are sharing this podcast with people, and it's it, growing in popularity. The numbers are showing it. So I, I want to thank you to, for doing that, and I want to encourage you to keep doing more of it because that is, in effect, how we get this word out. And I do try to be as, as fair-minded as I can. I don't want to sit here and yell. I don't want to sit here and do anything. I, I prefer to do my Bernie Sanders impression, health is a right, or, you know, my my Donald Trump, which sometimes needs a lot of work, but hey, listen, terrific, rich, thank you. You know, I, uh, I like to test those things out and I'd rather have a good time with you. But we have to talk about some of these serious issues because we have to be a little bit more bold and we have to realize that there's a bunch of reasons things are not working well for us. Now, I want you to hear a little bit of President Donald Trump speaking with Lara Trump uh, from The Right View. Check this out.
2: But do we have hope that there's a possibility
0: to see Donald Trump run again in 2024.
2: You do have hope that I can tell you, (laughs) you do have hope. Uh, We love our country, this country. uh, We all owe a lot to our country, but now we have to help our country. And we were there. We were so, so good. What we did with Iran, what we did with China, Mm -hmm. we were all set to do some great things. And, And then you see what's going on right now. China treated our representatives last week was such in Alaska with such tremendous disrespect. They never talked to me that way. Uh, You look at North Korea, I got along with Kim Jong-un and for four years we had no problem. I mean, I was told by President Obama and everybody else that North Korea was our biggest problem. We're gonna end up in war with North Korea if that group stayed in. And for four years we had no problem with North Korea. Now all of a sudden you see the problem is starting again. No, we have a, a great country, we have to help our country.
1: We have a great country, we have to help our country. This is the whole point of This is America with Rich Valdez is that we have a great country and we have to help our country, stand up for our country, do things for our country. In order to receive the results that we've never achieved, we have to do things we've never done. And that comes with a degree of sacrifice. I've often said that Trump is the example we should follow politically. Here's a guy who had no reason to get into politics, but for him saying, I don't like what's going on. I don't like this situation. And he left his Fifth Avenue penthouse right here in Manhattan, took his supermodel wife and his family and moves down to D.C. to the swamp of all places into a house that many have said is inferior to his palatial estate in Mar-a-Lago, inferior to the way he lives in Manhattan. But, okay, granted, it's an honor nonetheless. Uh, You know, the White House, in my opinion, is majestic and grand and all of that. But nobody goes there for the sake of living at the White House. Look at Biden. He doesn't even stay there three nights a week. He's in Wilmington, Delaware. My buddy who moved to Wilmington, Brandon Bryce, from the AM Superstation, AM 910 Superstation in Michigan, he tells me that uh, the motorcade is spotted regularly, three times a week. I don't know what Biden's doing there or what he's getting done while he's there. Maybe he's getting medical treatment. Maybe he's not. I don't know. I'm speculating a little bit, pure conjecture. My point is, what Trump said is right. Yes, there is hope, but the hope's not in him as if he's some sort of God. I believe he may be a godsend. We're all thankful for the presidency that he had and for keeping this movement uh, um, going, right, and keeping people enthused. And I know a lot of people dropped off because they didn't get their way, but we can't be like that in politics or in anything else, in radio. Sometimes things go your way, sometimes they don't. You keep going forward. It's like sports or anything else. If you're a winner, you're a winner. If you're a loser, you're a loser. Trump's a winner. So he, he gets um, the short end of the stick in this last election granted. And he moves forward. Now this is, in my opinion, reason number 10,763 of why Republicans suck. I'm not a pro-Republican guy. I'm pro-Republic. I'm pro-America. We should never, ever trust politicians. Nunca. Zero, they all suck. I think we should replace them all. I mean, there's a handful of good ones. You got Ron DeSantis; he's a rock star. You got Matt Gaetz, who's coming under fire for being a rock star. You got a few really good people out there. But I mean, there, it's, and they're not always gonna be your favorite person 100 percent of the time. There is compromise in government, of course. We can't. Ha- it's not always ideology. It's not always. Um, going to go our way. I get that. I truly do. But the part I also get is when people say, what do we do? What do we do? I mean, why is everybody waving the damn white flag? Why aren't people saying, here's what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I mean, again, I always say, look, if somebody comes and they say bad things about your mother, you don't go, well, let me see if I could win this fight. I think most people say, you know, what, screw that. I'm going to defend my mother's honor. Win, lose or draw. And you start swinging. And this is America that's on the line. You don't sit here and go, oh, but how am I going to feed my kids? Oh, but what about my job? Oh, I'll lose my pension. Oh, well, shut up, man. Do your job as a patriot. Get it done. Paint a damn sign with a marker, with paint, whatever. Grab a banner. Take to the streets and march. The left has shown us exactly what's effective. The left has never showed up in your, at your front doorstep with 100 guys with guns. That's not the answer. That's not going to fix anything. Look at Kyle Rittenhouse. I'm not um, trying to castigate the guy. I did a podcast on that. It was very unpopular. People were like, oh, this and that. He's listen. You could say what you want about the kid. He's all screwed up now because of this. The answer is not grabbing your musket and becoming part of the three percent. And if you think it is, good luck. There's not going to be an America left to defend if we wait that long. The answer is in what George Washington did. And I don't mean the revolution. I mean not giving up. Moving forward, making sure that we had a constitutional convention. You tell me, don't you think a convention of states, Article 5 convention of states, a constitutional convention would fix most of the issues we're having now where we could add term limits to crooked politicians? Of course. Absolutely. What are you doing in that regard? And I'm not trying to take myself out of the equation. I have to do more activism. I have to make more podcasts. I have to be out there more, more often than I am because we need to get this message out there that much more. I've run for public office and I did so unsuccessfully and we'll keep moving. That's And I'm saying you've got to... You've got to burn this candle on both ends. You've got to take every opportunity. you got to show up at your city council meetings until you drive them absolutely insane. You've got to take your kids out of the public school system if that's what you have to do. Just imagine that one act of protest. Everybody taking their kids out of public school saying, you know what, you don't want to open up the schools? Screw you. I'm taking my kids to the Catholic school. Now you're going to say, oh, but Rich, I already pay so much money in taxes. You're going to, I'm going to spend another six, seven, eight grand, 10 grand, 12 grand, 15, 20, 30 grand a year to send my kid to private school? Yes. And if you can't afford it, homeschool, sacrifice, doing something that's uncomfortable to you to show somebody else to shut down public education. What are they going to do? Keep all these teachers on the payroll if there's no students? That would be a death blow to the teachers' unions. I know, it sounds um, unrealistic. I know, it sounds impractical. This is why they win. This is why they're in the White House saying things like, I got hairy legs. They can do that. Because we're too comfortable To get outside of our little bubble And I use this a lot But I'm going to say it one more time I remember sitting in church And the pastor looking at me and saying Listen, this isn't a spectator sport This isn't about you coming in to listen to a sermon And I was like, that's exactly what this is I'm here to listen to a sermon I want you to read the Bible And then share your little bits and pieces And teach it to me So I don't have to do it on my own And that's when I realized We're in bad shape I'm in bad shape I need to do more I'm not really an army in this fight. I'm not really defending, you know, if I'm a Christian, the kingdom, or if I'm an American, our country. I'm not really being a patriot if I'm not moving forward to help take the country back, to dismantle these institutions that have taken over, to dismantle the strength that the left has in academia. How can we get to the root of it, but for getting inside of it and bringing it down? It's what they did to us. We have to do it to them. It's the only way. The other day I put a, a post on Parlor and I said, if, if you haven't read Rules for Radicals, you're uh, behind the eight ball. Something to that effect. And people, oh no, God's God. Listen, I'm not against God. I'm all for God. I understand that Saul Alinsky dedicated the book to Lucifer. I get it. it there it's a demonic tribe. I get it. But if you don't know how the enemy's thinking and you, if you have a copy of their playbook and you won't read it, then you deserve what's coming to you. Because you need to know how the enemy is working against us. We need to know how they're going to try and prostitute the truth in order to do what they want, to bring about their agenda. If you believe in a liberty agenda, you've got to get used to being uncomfortable and taking this thing head on. Now, last point I want to bring up, what's going on at the southern border? Now, Dr. Jill Biden, she, um, she seems to be trying to do some outreach to reach Hispanics and to try and get people to, you know, yes, we can. Listen to this. So say it with me. See say
3: padre. The future is ours. Thank you.
1: Okay, so I heard this yesterday. I laughed out loud for so long. I probably heard it 10 or 12 times in a row because it was so funny to me. Because, of course... Now, let me be clear. You had Barack Obama, and he said, si, se puede. And he could say it. Everybody else can say, si, se puede. At least even if you say, si, se puede. No, but Puadway? What's a Puadway? It's like Broadway with a P. I don't know what she's saying, Dr. Jill Biden, her and her rabid dog that's biting everybody, or her husband who's lost all over the place. But this is an issue, and it's an issue that I think we need to address nonetheless. This is the issue of Texas Rangers finding a baby that was thrown into the Rio Grande River by smugglers. Now, in Roma, Texas, a special unit consisting of Texas Rangers rescued a six-month-old baby girl, allegedly thrown into the Rio Grande River by a smuggler who had just assaulted the infant's mother, according to the Texas Department of Public Safety. The Rangers involved in the rescue were members of the South Texas Special Operations Group, Texas Rangers Division, the unit assisted U.S. Border Patrol in the incident. DPS said the child's mother suffered a broken leg after she was assaulted by the smugglers. According to the DPS Facebook post, a specialized group is a highly trained tactical team whose primary responsibility is to carry out specific missions, usually along the Texas-Mexico border, or wherever they're needed. The unit is designed to conduct both overt and covert operations in remote areas where conventional law enforcement can't operate. The team's focus is to gather intelligence and conduct uh, interdiction and disruption of criminal activities, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. Now, I don't have all the details. I understood this. I, I read another report that I didn't print out that this the body was found. It could be that she's alive, so please don't quote me on that. I will make an editorial correction on the next podcast to bring you an update. I'm not sure if she's alive or dead, but I hope she's alive. My prayers and thoughts, of course, are with the family, and of course you're not allowed to offer thoughts and prayers or any type of support to people. If you are a Democrat, they just want you to I don't know, cancel something. But this is a a big issue. Now, another issue that I think is important to note on the border is that in Yuma, Arizona, the border patrol sector canine sniffed out several packages of fentanyl pills that were hidden, and these pills were hidden inside burritos And they found this uh, just by Highway 78, where they have an immigration checkpoint. And in my ear, I'm getting uh, the confirmation from the New York Times that this infant was um, found deceased. So that, of course, is unfortunate, but it is the case. Now, the canine handler referred to the male uh, driver of a Chevy Tahoe at the checkpoint secondary inspection area around 3 o'clock after the canine's partner alerted the vehicle. While they were there, they went to a black backpack. agent. searched the backpack and discovered several small packages containing fentanyl pills that were stuffed inside burritos, breakfast burritos. So this is the new way of bringing drugs in at the border is burritos. These packages of fentanyl had a combined weight of just over five pounds and an estimated street value of $60,000, some expensive burritos. Now, a 37-year-old person lawfully admitted that they were transporting this stuff and um, they're going to jail, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But this is what's happening at the border. Now, the last thing I wanted to touch on, and I guess I'm not going to get to it today because I don't want to belabor this point too much, but it was... I'll give a tease on it. And It came out just uh, either this morning or last night. It was this piece in National Review, but it was about a CNN article... Where the writer says, you can't determine gender at birth. And I think this is absolute insanity. So I'm going to tease that for the next episode, which we'll do on Saturday. We'll be doing it live from WABC. And I want you to tune in for that. I want you to stream it. If you're not plugged in already on social media, get plugged in on social media. Follow me, at Rich Valdez. I'll send you the link where you can stream the show, listen live. You could call in and we could have a conversation. But, yeah, that's what they said. They said gender and sex are not the same, and this is a forced idea of changing genders. And now they say nobody knows what uh, sex a child is at birth, and it's just... It's ridiculous. I want to get into it deep. I'm going to spend a few minutes on it, uh, 15 or 20 minutes, and we're going to do that on Saturday, so make sure you don't miss this live edition of This Is America on Saturday here from WABC. But that is what I've got for you today, and this is why I say we have a serious moral crisis in America. It's not just at the border. It's not just financial. It's not just this. It's not just coronavirus, and it's not just in politics, but it's spanning across institutions in America. Morality is under fire. Being a good person is under fire. Becoming a bad person is almost admissible and accepted, and it shouldn't be. But that's where we are. This is why I say if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. That's Hamilton. And Sir Edmund Burke and Lord Acton, who say the only thing necessary for evil to triumph, for evil to win, is for good people like you to do nothing. So, like Trump said, have hope, do something, get uncomfortable. Do things that you haven't done so you can get things you've never had. Hasta la próxima, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America.
2: This is America.